What's up, cool kids? You're tuned in to another episode of the Power and Pros podcast. Today, we're talking about anxiety. I'm over it. I'm tired of it. And I I just, I got to discuss. Um, I have been dealing with anxiety the most in 2023 than I ever have in my life. <laughs> and it has been very tumultuous of a thing to experience on the daily. Like before I went to record this episode, I did some deep breathing. I had to make me some chamomile tea and I have had this show since 2019. I know how it goes. I know my setup. I've been posting episodes on YouTube for months. I know how that goes. I know what to expect. And so essentially based on what I know, I should not feel past nervousness, anxiety, going to do this task, going to talk to somebody, going to do anything. I feel that I should not feel it. But let me tell you, anxiety has been fighting your girl this year. And so I want to talk about how anxiety can stop you from standing in your authentic truth. And it can really plague your minds and cause you to focus minimally on things that do not hold any significance or any weight in you standing in your God-given power. Anxiety. (laughs) It will tell you lies on repeat over and over and over and over. And the script starts to sound believable. It starts to sound like it's coming not just from you, but it's coming from God. You are able to make scripture make sense, make biblical principles make sense because of how your anxiety is warping your mind. You are able to not show up as yourself because you've convinced yourself that there is no space for your true self, that there's no space for your power to exist in a moment or in a situation with a certain group of people. And so with that, your anxiety will cause you to not just not be able to perform, but you can't even show up. Like who you are, what you know about yourself, where you've been, all of it does not seem good enough. And it's not good enough because of the scripts that have been told to you from a space and a foundation of lies. So what happens there? What happens is there will be let's say a place that you're supposed to go and it is outlined, like you are destined to go there. Your anxiety will start to make you zone in on how your hair looks, how your clothing is, the people that might be there, not even guaranteed, people that might be there and how they are going to welcome or not welcome you. The receiving of what you're going to say and that you're just not going to be received well, that you will fall on your face, right? There just be these things that are not real or you have no proof that they're going to come to pass. They're not likely to happen. It's not probable that it'll take place, but your anxiety will make it so real in your head that it can paralyze you from getting up and getting to that place that again, God destined for you to get there. There's a conversation that you're supposed to have. It's a person you're supposed to meet and you need to get to that place. But your anxiety, the thoughts that spin around in your head, the things that you start to believe will tell you the opposite. And that has been happening for your girl. I'm in this new space and newness 
it's going to feel new, right? New things are going to cause some challenges in different forms, and you'll have to learn new things. You'll have to use your voice in different ways. So all of that, natural, real, and it's just a part of life. What doesn't have to be a part of life is making the newness and the challenges that we have to face be so insurmountable that you start to diminish yourself, your light, your power, your voice, because you're standing in front of this new challenge. New things are supposed to drive us to God and it's supposed to drive out of us a new thing about our character that God always knew, which is why he placed us on that path to go toward that new thing. And when you are focused on that and you have a gratitude about that, you're like, this is so great. Like, would I not like for this to happen? Sure. However, the benefit of this challenge being in front of me is that I'm now able to practice showing up in this new way. I'm able to put the old things behind me and charge forward. I'm able to write a new script about myself. I'm able to change my life. When we do not have that perspective, the inadequacy or seeming the seeming inadequacy starts to wreak havoc. And it tells us, I don't even know why I would get dressed and show up to this thing on time because I'm not going to enjoy the moment when I get there. So I might as well be late because then I'll be at this place that's intimidating and new and challenging and scary less time. If I ask everybody, okay, are you going? What are you going to wear? Are you going? What are you going to wear? If I keep doing that enough, maybe I'll get enough information that I'll feel more secure in what I want to wear. Even though, mind you, you didn't ask all them people what they're going to wear. Your outfit ain't changed one time. <laughs> you already knew in your head how you were supposed to present, how you were supposed to show up. But your anxiety would have tried to tell you that you don't know yourself, that you don't have enough knowledge about something to be able to charge forward, but you do. And so because of that, we can get caught up in a never-ending knowledge-gathering state. And I got to that place with YouTube, to be honest. I was looking up a lot of videos, trying to see who is going through something similar to me, has feelings that are similar to mine. And if I get enough information, then maybe I will be able to understand and know how to charge forward with what's in front of me and what's on my plate and juggle with the feelings that I have. And while getting information and knowledge, wisdom, again, biblical principles, they can be taken too far and start to give the inverse message. Instead of you knowing that you have power, you'll feel more and more powerless because the people that you're watching, they keep putting out new videos. They keep standing in new blessings and you feel like you're standing in the same place. And in part, it's because you are. You're in a place of getting info. When you're supposed to apply the knowledge that you've gathered. And it's hard to apply something that you never tell yourself on the inside that you actually have acquired. Your anxiety or your experience with anxiety will tell you that you do not have enough. That whatever you have, you're always a toss away from what you actually need to have to go to the place that you're actually trying to go to. And because of that, you need to get more things. You need more money. You need more friends. You need more looks from influential people. You need more followers. You need more subscribers. You need to get a couple more recognitions at work, right? You need that promotion. You need this. You need that. And when you finally get it, if you get it, because you're not adequate enough to get it anyway, then 
you'll be good enough and you can walk into the room with the power. Huh? Like that, that doesn't even make sense. It sounds like a setup. And it's because it is a setup. That is a setup where you will never be able to win. You'll never be able to feel at one with yourself, at one with God, because the mark always gets moved. It always gets pushed back. And the more that it's pushed back, the more uncomfortable you feel because you're not allowing space for you to sit and sit with a clear mind and sit with joy in where you are in the moment. If you can't sit with a clear mind and sit with joy in the moment where you are, then you're always in your mind in a rat race trying to figure out how you can get to the next thing, except you have not told yourself that it's okay to stand where you're at. So if you can't even stand where you are positively, powerfully, righteously, then how are you able to powerfully go forward to a higher place? It'll seem like if I go to that place right now, I will fall flat on my face. And that is what anxiety tries to tell you. What has helped me is thinking about the worst case scenario. And that seems kind of intuitive because anxiety is already kind of telling you the worst case scenario. But saying the worst case out loud, like using my words, using my hand, I write things out too, of the worst case. Like, all right, what am I afraid of right now? What is anxiety telling me right now? When you say it to yourself, to your notebook, to a person, it makes the fear out of your head. In your head, you can make anything sound logical, okay? We've all done it. You can make a lot of things sound logical in your head. When you say it outside of your head, when you use your mouth, even in your anxious space, it can save you. You say something out loud. I was talking to a counselor and I said something I was scared of. And when I said it, I was like, that's like never going to happen though. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just like dissipated what I was thinking because I was like, that isn't even a real scenario in this time, in this earth. Like, there's no way that could happen. But before I said it, oh, I couldn't move, babe. Like, it was so real for me. And that is the trick of anxiety. That's the trick of the enemy when you're working alongside anxiety. It seems like what it's telling you has all the bounds in the world. Like, of course it could happen. That's why I'm thinking it. When you say something out loud, it loses its power because you're speaking power over it. You're exercising your authority. And when you're standing in your authority that's been given to you by God, babe, cannot nothing stand before you and be a real threat. Like, you'll really start to see the threats that are in front of you for what they are, and they all are to crash, they're all to burn, they're all to kneel when it comes to you being backed by God. When we're standing and looking at our anxieties in the face, and forget when we're looking at them in the face, when we're walking side by side with our anxieties, we can forget that God is behind us and that he's actually walked the path in front of us as well. That doesn't seem real because Anxiety, we've made it our friend and it's whispering in our ear and it's telling us these things. And friends are people that you trust. Friends are people that you go to for guidance. And when you make friends with your anxiety, when you create space for it on the day-to-day, when you don't fight back, it begins to be a consultant on how you should live your life. And it's a trusted consultant. When you have a trusted consultant, why would you not listen to their counsel? It seems like counsel that's going 
to save you. And when you don't have a clear view of God in that space, it's like, well, I got to cling to something and you don't even notice that it's happening. And that happened to me a couple of times, okay? And when I'm aware that, hey, I'm feeling this tightness in my chest. Hey, I'm feeling a little bit of fear with this situation right now, but I know I have power. I know that when I stand and look at this thing face to face, it actually isn't as big and as scary as it seems. That if I blow on it, it'll actually crumble as opposed to it seems like if it blows on me, it's going to take me out. And when you voice things out loud and you say it, you start to hear it back, right? So with our minds, especially because we're visual people, when we keep things in our heads and we don't say them, I mean, it just becomes a lie. We can start to feel the sensations of the thing. And that feeling of making the fear become real, making the failure already happen in our mind, that's what helps us from moving forward. But when you say something out loud and then you give your ears the chance to participate and hear what you're saying, your ears connect with your brain to be like, well, that's literally not logical. <laughs> like It's just not a thing that could happen. So I found that to be a powerful tool for me is simply talking. And it's not talking to find a solution. The solution your ears will hear. Your, the solution will come out by you simply saying what the fear is. So that's one thing that has really helped. Another thing is writing down the inverse of what I'm thinking. And so I got this exercise and you're supposed to write down what is the thing. Like, okay, I'm feeling fear because if this happens, then this will happen. And what you do is you write that. It's the same thing as when you say it out loud. You write down, okay, I don't want to go to this place because everybody's going to be looking at me and I look crazy today, right? You write that down. And then you write why that's not true. Like you literally just pull it out. And when you're staring at the facts, in your face like it gives you something to read and again when we're reading something like a book a sign on the train what have you you think with your logical brain first and your feelings come later so putting something on paper and then you read it back to yourself it's like okay the inverse of that is everybody is actually worried about their own mess and how they look and i'm also gonna be out the house like 10 minutes like i'm going to the store to grab something coming right back so i don't have to dress for the met gala to do that. I can think that because I put it on paper and I was able to actually read what I'm talking about. But when it's just in my head, it's like, mm, I could eat dinner tomorrow because I do not want to leave the house looking crazy today. Like that seems like a logical thing when it's in my head. When I write it down, I'm like, wow, you going to starve because somebody might look at you in your sweatpants? Like, what is that? <laughs> and it isn't this big, scary thing anymore. The thing about anxiety is it makes these small, minimal things larger than life. And it makes you small, even though you have more power than you could imagine. And it swaps the power dynamic. And you have to do the swap to get the power back, right? And it makes it real for you that no, I have power in this situation. I have options in this situation. A lot of times anxiety comes because you feel like your back is against the wall. There are no options for you. Everybody that you know has left you. God has left you. Your logic has left you. The things that you've known in your past have left you. And so there's no way 
for you to go forward because all the things that you used to have to go forward are nowhere to be found. And so why would your anxiety not be true in this moment? What is there for you to say? You might as well shut your mouth because anything that you say that would have been powerful ain't powerful no more. That's what it seems like. But when you speak it, when you say it, when you write it, when you share with other people and you invite them in, you start to see just how many options you have and just how much power you actually retain, even in this era and this season of your life. And that is the the final piece that I think has been a real struggle for me to unlock. I'm not even going to hold you. Sharing with people where you at. And y'all already know, everybody ain't supposed to come. So you can't share with everybody. But even me making this episode about this, I was like, oof. Let's just talk about it later, but there's power in the middle of the struggle, right? And so I could deal with anxiety tomorrow, who's to say? But me sharing right now, it pulls the layer back a little bit more. It swaps the dynamic and gives me power a little bit more in the situation. When I share with a friend, I share with one of my leaders at my church, it gives extra people to be able to help me out. They're able to pray for me. If they see me taking a little moment, you know what I'm saying? They might be able to infer, hey, does Destiny need an extra moment? Does she need somebody to breathe with her? I had a friend who just literally breathed with me on a phone for 15 minutes. And that was so nice. Like, I didn't have to talk about anything. I didn't have to share when I wasn't ready. But they knew what was going on. And they were able to say, okay, we just got to do some deep breaths real quick. And we did that. 15 minutes straight and there were no solutions I had to come up with. There was no explaining that I had to do. My one focus was regulating my breath and I wouldn't have done that on my own. On my own, I was panicking. <laughs> on my own, I was shook and on my own, I was trying to figure out how can I be strong as quickly as possible and breathing wasn't really a part of that, right? But because I had somebody outside of me, outside of my thoughts, outside of my feelings, outside of my circumstance, who was able to stand in that moment with me, they were able to help me to regulate. And I didn't have to think about it. I didn't have to hurry up and be this macho, super strong person. I just had to breathe. And it was that simple, but it was the power of somebody else being with me in that moment that got me there. So sharing with other people where you're at before you've cleaned everything up, before you feel better, before you even have a handle on what's really making you anxious, how long you've been feeling that way. Like all the diagnosis stuff is great, but sometimes it can be not practical and not an easy grab, right? Sometimes you just need somebody to stand with you, know where you're at, and y'all just stand in that place together. And that's actually the way that you get through. That's actually the way that you feel like you have some power. By the time I was able to speak, I was able to clearly tell my friend what was going on and navigate the rest of my day a little bit lighter than where I was when I originally hit her up. And that's because I allowed space for that to happen, right? But when I don't have those moments, it's a spiral effect. It's one thing that leads to another thing that leads to another thing, and it's all at the detriment and all at the stripping of the power that I have because I'm not allowing space for my power to show up. I'm making friends with the anxious feeling. I'm saying, you know, you have right to sit here. You have right to hang out with me. You got another message for me, what you got to say? And I let it 
tell me things and then I look up no podcast episode I look up I don't want to see anybody hang out with anyone I look up and the things that are destiny things that I like to do that I enjoy doing that I'm known for I feel like I can't attain whatsoever like if I put 50 million billion quadruple amounts of power in the direction of things that I do without thinking in those moments it feels like I wouldn't be able to grab it if I tried so with anxiety I think that it is really 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 important to acknowledge that is there. When you acknowledge something, then you're able to acknowledge the power that you have over it, the options that you have in the situation. And you're able to invite people in that can understand, that can sympathize, that can pray, that can lift you up, that can get you out the crib to help you to overcome. And you also invite God into that thing, right? God has so many names. I don't even know all the names of God. And when you are able to say, hey, this is where I am. God is always looking for us, right? He always knows where we are, but he also always is asking us. If you think about the Garden of Eden, he asked Adam and Eve, where y'all at? <laughs> like he inquired them about the state of where they were, even though he already knew. And that allowed for them to invite him into that place, even though it was a place they didn't want to be, even though it was a place that didn't feel good at the time, even though it was a place that they were going to need to be saved from. Inviting God into that place changed everything. And while he knew, he allowed them to invite him into that moment so they could see the power that they held, right? And so as we admit where we are, what we're dealing with, the feelings that we're going through, we're able to invite God in and get a new understanding of who he is in that place, of how he redeems in those times, of how his character is revealed. And the more that we learn about God's character, the more we learn about our own. So invite other people in and invite God into where you are. If you are struggling with anxiety, let me tell you, it can seem like a big, bad wolf, but it's really more so like the boy who cried wolf. It tells you things, it tells you things, it tells you things. But when you go to investigate, you find that what was reported and what's there do not match up. They don't match up. But anxiety's job is to get you to never investigate the truth in the first place. So your job no matter how you have to get it done, is to investigate, is to go forward. So with me feeling anxiety with recording the show today, me investigating is recording the show anyway. So I am going to take stock when I am recording. Okay, how did that feel? Once I put the episode up, if my fear is nobody's going to listen, I thought two things. I was like, okay. Which I was like, I've never had an episode go out and no listeners. Like, I've been recording a show for years. That's never happened. So, one, that's down. But let's say it does happen. Maybe this is the one time and it does happen. What would I gain? So, okay, but I showed up for me in this time and I'm exercising my power over anxiety. That alone is enough. I don't need y'all to listen. Like, I need that right now, right? So, either way, there's benefit for me moving forward. So, for me to investigate that... I'm going to put this episode out and then 
see how I feel, see what's the result. And that's how I take the power back each and every time. Anxiety tells me something. I look for the inverse. I look for the truth. And then I go and investigate. So that way, every time I investigate and I find something different than what my anxiety was telling me, it loses credibility. And you know, when you have a journalist, a reporter that's telling you something, and every time they tell you something, you find out that they lie, it's not true, you start to not want to listen to that report no more. You want to go find somebody whose report is honest, it's just, it's truthful, it makes you feel good, it speaks to the future, it speaks to your now, it explains your past. And that is what God's word does. That is what he does in the written word. That's what he does in the times when he speaks to us intimately in our spaces. And you start to search for that more often. That becomes more credible to you than your anxiety. So anxiety can try and talk to you. And you're like, girl, now she's coming a lot of me again when I already know how you get down, right? But it starts with you going to investigate. So your anxiety is a reporter. It's trying to tell you something. You become a reporter too. You're an investigative journalist. Go and see the report that the anxiety is trying to tell you about. You go do your own um, interpretation. You go do your own interviews and see if what you find is matching up. Are you finding facts? Are you finding truth? And if you're not, it gets less and less credible and you start to hear your voice. You start to hear God's voice more and more each day. And then you'll look up and there your power is. The power that you thought you lost, the power that you thought you dreamed up because it's like, okay, I thought I was powerful, but I guess I'm not because I can't be powerful and be feeling all of this. You start to find and not just find, but actually believe the trueness of who you've been the whole time. So I hope this has helped you. If you have anxiety, sorry, <laughs> because I got it too right now. Well, I don't want to say I got it. I'm experiencing it right now as well. And it is not the bee's knees. It is not fun. I don't like it at all. <laughs> but there is power even in this space, even in the middle. And we can get more and more power the more that we investigate every day. If you need some investigative tools, there are some tools. The power tools are actually going to be listed in the show notes. There are a couple worksheets that I have been given that have been helping me out. I don't do them every day. I don't do them every time I experience anxiety. I'm not. It's different things, of course, that can help. Um, going to walk is helpful. Reading books. I'm back in my reading game, and it's been really helpful. Talking to friends. Like I said, I use different tools each and every day, but I do have some worksheets that will be listed in the show notes that can help you out as you are taking your power back from any anxious feelings that you may be experiencing in this season. I love you guys. Remember to profess your power, and there's power in prose. Bye.